Welcome to the Conscious Business Podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and I'm so excited that you're here today. On our podcast, we are going to be talking about the things that inspire you in business to help you create a conscious brand that will not only build credibility and give you more opportunities in your business to thrive, but also help you to create in a deliberate, conscious kind of way. This is a place where meaningful conversations will inspire you to create, pursue, and thrive and shine in business. Today, I have a special guest who is not only a fellow coach as well as a social media marketing expert, but Jake empowers speakers, coaches, and industry experts to be seen as the go-to authority in their field. He helps people build their brand, grow a huge social media audience, and share their message using Instagram. Over the past three years, Jake has grown accounts to over half a million engaged Instagram followers. And with his clients, he has built a network of over 2 million followers. Jake is an online business coach, an international speaker, trainer, and founder of Instagalactic, which hands down is one of the best Instagram growth courses I have ever done. He has a social media consultancy and training program which has really delivered tremendous results for me and my community and clients. Hence why I am having him on the show today. Jake not only does social media and has trained tens of thousands of business owners from all over the world, including South Africa, Japan, London, Glasgow, and the like, but he's also a keen cyclist, a triathlete, and a reader of everything in the personal growth and development space. Jake Davey, it is so good to have you on today. Baby, thanks so much for having me. I am very excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on here as well. And it is always awesome having you because the number of times that we've done a webinar or a Facebook Live together, I have definitely lost count. But I always hear people say, who is it that you just did a Facebook Live or that webinar with? Because that guy's awesome. And my community are always raving about the amount of value that you offer. And it's just so funny because we met during COVID time. So it was just over a year ago and so much has happened. Yeah, it's been it's been a while, right? And it's been, um, well, it, it was a crazy time when we, we first connected. Obviously, we connected through, I think, originally through LinkedIn or, or through a mutual friend. And not a lot's really changed in the sense of what the world looks like at the moment. And so it still feels like we're kind of waiting to get going again. But it's it's been quite a year. Uh, we are still here. There's you know still COVID affecting the world as it does. But I guess that's the beauty of us uh, working online, having the opportunity to reach people online as well. And that's the flexibility that it does allow, even whilst the majority of people are still restricted in their travel and, and how they can do business at the moment. Yes, most definitely. And one of the things that I've noticed in the last year or year and a half is I'm going to use the word that has pretty much been used more than ever before. <laughs> it's the word pivot. But I've noticed that so many people have pivoted in this time. And I'm very thankful that people like yourself are providing a service where you're helping others to pivot online. And similar to my agency, you help your clients 
to grow on social media and to build their brand awareness. And my agency and brand has grown significantly on Instagram through doing the Instagalactic course. And Jake, to date, you have 66,000 followers on Instagram. So what I would love to know is why did you select Instagram as the platform that you wanted to be an expert in? Well, <laughs> uh, well firstly, thank you. Uh, I, I genuinely appreciate that. And uh, I would say, you know, tip of the cap to you and, and your uh, brand on, on Instagram and across all the social media platforms, because there's a huge audience there. And I know, you know, we've talked previously about the community that you've built, the engagement that you've got, the authentic relationships that you have, and, and therefore the impact that you're able to have and how you can help people as well. Um, in, in all honesty, it's that is the area that was partly chosen, partly guided by my mentor to become, you know, a, a specialist in. Um, I started an online business five years ago. I was a teacher prior to that um, for eight years, worked eight years as a teacher, um, moved to Australia, took a year out. Uh, and then during my, my travels, I met uh, somebody who had an online business. He was a speaker, he was a teacher, and he got to do a lot of traveling uh, because he taught people how to build an online business. And um, I saw him and met him and spoke to him. And I just said, that is exactly what I want to do. I, it's all the things that I really love. How do I do it? And the advice that, that I got um, was become an expert in one thing and focus on one thing and do one thing really, really well. And I, that, that ultimately is, the, is, is genuinely the only, the only reason that I think over the past four and a half years, we've personally, my account, yeah, is, is 60, 66,000 plus. Um, we've worked with clients. Um, there's a, a network now of over five or 6 million in total um, followers that, that clients that we've worked with have, have built as well. And of course, been able to generate significantly for their, for their business. Um, but it, it, it purely comes down to focusing on one thing. And that was the one thing that I, I wanted to get good at. It was the one thing that I wanted to be known for. And it was the one thing that I knew if I could do it really, really well, then I would have uh, a system, a process, skills that I could then share with other people in a way that would be accessible to them, would, you know, would mean that they didn't need to spend half as much time learning it as I did. Uh, and then they could, you know, replicate that, that process as well. So I guess, I guess the overall thing has been choosing one thing, committing to one thing, not being distracted um, too broadly by anything else that's been going on and seeing it through to the to the end. I mean, it's not the end yet, of course. Uh, we continue to, 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 to run the business and build the business, but continuing to work on that one thing and being good at that because um, that's ultimately the area that I can focus on and, and have the biggest impact in at this time. Jake, I love that you have specialized in the area of Instagram because just using my agency as an example, when I was coaching people on Facebook alone, I was known as the Facebook marketing expert. But when I became a social media coach after I started my agency, I started to see how big of a difference it is when you take on, when you go from one platform to taking on three. We only have 24 hours in a day. So ultimately we can only divide so much of our attention, you know, across what we you know, what we do. So it's really great that you have focused on Instagram and monetized it and, you know, being able to leverage Instagram and build your business because so many people struggle to leave their full-time jobs to do what they love and to be able to 
like go and create something that they really enjoy creating. And it's obvious that you've got something that so many people need to know and understand. And uh, I, I really believe that, you know, it's the way to go, especially when you share about how people can monetize a platform. You know, you're very, very authentic in that space. So my question for you is, what is the number one reason why most people fail to grow on Instagram? Well, I, I guess I guess we could say it's exactly the same thing that we've we've just talked about, right? Which is, it's it's not their major focus. They spread themselves too thinly. They try and do too many things. I guess if I just repeat all the opposite of the answer I've just given, it wouldn't be too insightful. So I think, and again, this is just from what I've seen with clients that we've worked with, conversations that I've had. You know, I speak to people about this on a daily basis. I think quite often we get in our own way, and this isn't just with Instagram. This is with a lot of things. But we get in our own way in the Instagram sense about trying to take the perfect picture, trying to make sure that the message that we that we get across is absolutely spot on. Maybe falling into the trap of, of how many likes and how many comments and how much engagement are we getting on our posts and such. It sounds a bit strange, but also making it all about us, like making it all about me or people making it all about them and almost overlooking the reason that people go on social media in the first place. And it probably has, I think I think it definitely has changed in the past 18 months why people use social media and how they use social media, there's no doubt. Um, but ultimately people go on social media for, you know, because they, 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 uh, they want to connect with friends, interesting people, they want to learn something new, they want distraction from their work, job, business, family, partner, children. Um, they, it, it, it's a habit, you know, it's, it's inbuilt. It's that dopamine hit that when you pick up your phone and you've got a new message or a new like or whatever that might be, that it feels good temporarily. Those are the reasons why people go on social media. And so from a perspective of, well, if we want to use this platform as best we can, if we want to leverage this platform as best we can, it comes back to that quote from Zig Ziglar. Uh, you can have everything you want in life if you just help other people get what they want. And I think a real big focus or I would a suggestion I would have is how can you give other people what they want to see on social media you can still interweave your story you can still tell your message and you can still uh, add value to people and teach people and help people um, from your own perspective and have pictures of you and all these types of things but it needs to be adding value and being useful to other people as well because we all go into whether we know it or not almost subconsciously but we go in with this attitude of what's in it for me? What am I going to get from it? I'm looking for entertainment. I'm looking to learn something. I'm looking for distraction. I'm looking for something. And I think if within that moment, we can provide that to people through a, a post, a short video, something in our stories, a message, something thought provoking, that's the thing that's going to keep people engaged. That's the thing that's going to keep people coming back. So that will be the first thing. I would just add one other thing on there as well, is that when we try and get perfect uh, in the sense of the content that we share or making it all about us, I also believe that we kind of, it's tempting to think uh, that we have to always do it the perfect way. It's got to, I've got to grow it this way. Every single person that follows me has to be a buyer. You know, they have to be the right type of person. We can't control that, right? You, people are going to follow us whether they, because they, they, because they want to buy from you. They're going to follow you because they, they like the look of you. They're going to follow you because they, you're in their local hometown and they want to support you. You might put one post out that they really like. It might be a very, very faint connection or distant connection. Um, and there's a whole spectrum of reasons why people will follow. And so the, my personal approach is how do we focus on ways to grow your following fast? 
you can change your bio, your picture, your name of your account, all the content on your account at any time. You can change literally every single thing about your account at any time on Instagram. But the one thing that you can't change in the click of a finger is the size of your audience. And so why not focus first? And this is where particularly when I'm working with clients, why don't we focus first on growing your audience quickly? Because if we can grow your audience quickly, you can reach more people, you can have more impact, you can have more influence. You might not get the message perfect straight away. The post might not be perfect straight away, but we can get to that later. You know, by by building routines and habits and systems, we get better by practice. We don't, we're not perfect straight away. It takes time. But what we can do is grow our following and grow our audience so that when we do get the perfect branding colors or when we do get the perfect message or when we do get that perfect video that we want we've already got our 10,000 followers 20,000 50,000 100,000 followers and so focus on growing your audience first because that is the one thing that you can't easily change or access again uh, in the future so that will be my recommendation focus on growth first we get the messaging right we get all these things right at a later time and don't get me wrong I realize that that's contradictory to what other people would say and I'm not saying that that's necessarily the right way but that's just the way that I, I would recommend people go because growing the following is always the thing that people deem as being the hardest thing. So let's just take care of that. Let's just grow the audience now, build the following, get the credibility, and then let's get the content and your messaging right after that. I love that because I think a lot of people focus too much on the metrics that really don't matter. And I call them the vanity metrics. And, you know, they think about likes and certain posts get put out that, are really just bait to get people to come across their profile, but they don't retain their followers or they don't grow their followers. They just get more views. And there's so much emphasis on hashtags and things like that, but they're not quality hashtags. So I really believe that the quality of your followers is super important. And if you can have followers that are genuinely following because they like your message, they like your content and, you know, you're authentic, then you're going to keep those followers for longer as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And authenticity is such a, just such a vital part of what you do because at a very, very deep level, you know yourself, right? You know, people can hold you accountable and all this kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, and, and such, but at a very, very deep level, you know yourself, if you're being true to, to you, you know, if you're being true to yourself, you, you, uh, people that you connect with um, and there's it, it it must be almost impossible to for it to sit well with you if there are elements of what you're doing that aren't authentic and um, I just I just remember when I got started you know my my, my mentor that I was working with um, I still still do um, but he, he said the one thing you you know you've got to maintain your integrity at all times uh, and if that means that your business grows a little bit slower if it means that your social media grows a little bit slower if it means that that just the process takes a little bit longer it's it's the one thing you can't get back and the one thing that you can't uh, or it's very hard to get back um is your integrity and so um that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try new things and test new things and and um, fail you know at, at, at try something and it didn't quite work and such um, but there's a big difference between doing that authentically and, and kind of if you like pulling the, the wool over somebody's eyes and, and misleading and such and I think to some extent if, again just to realign that with say social media and Instagram 
um, you know, there's a lot of accounts out there that will go out and buy followers and they'll buy 10,000, 20,000 followers. Um, they'll buy likes and all these kinds of things. Um, and it's where, where I, and I get approached, where's the best place to buy followers and such. And, and it's not something that we teach. Um, it's not something that I can recommend. If I, I the opposite, I say I wouldn't, you know, I would never recommend buying followers um, because it's, it is, it's ultimately misleading to where, what people are looking to do. And so um, I think maintaining that authenticity and integrity are, are two of the most important things that people could do. Um, and, and personally that I look to do continually. And as I say, if it, if it means that it's slightly slower growth for business, slightly slower growth for your audience, whatever that might be in the longer run, it's going to be far more uh, beneficial for you without a doubt. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And in terms of the metrics that you do look at, let's talk about metrics because I really believe that even though, even if you're not a numbers person like me, I'm not naturally a numbers person, but I think numbers are really important because they don't lie. And I've always been curious and I actually don't think I've asked you this before. Maybe I have. And, uh, you know, it was a year ago. Things may or may not have changed, but I'm wondering what are some of the metrics that you and your team look at on Instagram? That's a good question. Uh, it's funny that you added on Instagram at the end because my natural reaction would be um, is ROI. It's return on investment. And it's the, it's the income that's generated from that particular area of the business. I'm just being totally honest about that. I think if, if, if you'd have asked me that question four years ago, um, then I would, I would be talking about the, the audience size and the, the, the reach and, and the impressions that we got, how many people saw our hashtag or saw our post because of the hashtags and such. Um, but ultimately, I, I think, and, and this is what I think is fascinating, is that as my knowledge per, about business has kind of increased, or hopefully, I hope it's increased over the past few years, and then the clients that we've worked with, looking at the type of questions that they're asking, Yes, they want to build their audience and yes, they want to grow their following and such, but ultimately they're business owners and they want a return on their investment. And so the way that we track it now is, well, how much time went in, how many hours went in to say, uh, get our posts out, to grow our audience, to add the extra 1,000, 3,000 followers, 10,000 followers, whatever it might be. Um, but what was the actual return on investment for that? And some of that's easy to track because you can say, well, you know, this this week we spent uh, X number of hours, I don't know, five hours, 10 hours doing organic outreach and messaging and getting content ready and such. And we generated Y number of sales. So you can easily see that. The one thing that that is harder to track, and I still think that this is a huge factor with Instagram, is the, the, the degree of indirect sales. There will be people that choose to work with us because we've got the big audience exactly the same as with our clients. And I'll say this, that there will be people that choose to work with you because you've got great content. You've got a big audience. You've got, you're connecting with your followers on a daily basis through messages, through stories, through live video. There's going to be a, a, an indirect um, a way that people purchase from you as well, or that, that, that you're generating sales because they see you active on social media. Their favorite platform might be LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. But if even if they just check you out once on Instagram and it ticks a box in their mind, say, yeah, this is definitely the person I want to work with. Then again, that's 
um, obviously contributing to, to your bottom line, uh, even though that sale necessarily hasn't directly come through Instagram. And so I have to be totally honest and say that still comes back to the, the that's still the number one metric that we track is, is the, the ROI. Because if it's not, if, if I'm positioning myself as the expert who, uh, who knows what he's doing with social media and with Instagram, um, and we're not generating a return investment, then how could we possibly help our clients do that? So that has to be the major thing because we're working with business owners and, and entrepreneurs. Um, aside from that, though, uh, it, it, you know, what do we track? Naturally, the, we're looking to increase our reach and engagement and visibility because the, the greater the visibility that, that people have, the more opportunities they have to help people, to serve people, to get their message out there, to, 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 to share their message and, and you know, to be able to help and, and, and serve a wider audience. And so we look at, well, how, how exactly does that happen? Does that come through stories and the amount of people that watch our stories? Stories, of course, are a warmer audience. They're people that are already following us and they've got a good idea about what we do and how we can help. Or do we track the metrics on a, a, a post or a reel that we share and it gets, I don't know, 50,000 impressions, 100,000 impressions, half a million impressions and such. Do we track that as being more effective because of the amount of people that we've been able to reach? And so I'd, I'd, be, you know, I'd be wholly misleading if I said that we sat down and we analysed every single post and how much reach did we get this week and how much did we get last week? Because we also have the benefit of being able to go to paid advertising. And when you bring in paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram, then that takes your content to a whole new level takes your reach to a whole new level and it allows you to laser focus that little bit more on who you're connecting with. So the, the major kind of the major numbers that I personally would recommend for us, it's ROI. What's the return on investment from what we're putting in? It is the size of the audience um, because that still is the number one metric that people see when they land on your profile. Do they have good content? And our eyes are naturally drawn, whether we like it or not, agree with it or not, think that it's right or not. Our eyes are drawn to the size of the following. You know, is this person credible? Do they have, uh, do they have a big audience? Are other people following? We're like, we're like um, um, sheep, right? Like sheeple. We follow the herd. We follow the crowd. And we're looking for decisions to be made easily for us. Because, we're, we're, again, this is like all psychology. But we're, there's so many different decisions that we're trying to make all day, every day. Um, that we're looking for easy ways, right? Our brain's looking for shortcuts about how we can make decisions that are best for us. And if 50,000, 100,000 people, other people are following this account and the content looks great, then it's probably going to add value to us as well. So yes, okay, let's follow this account. Let's go there. Whereas if you've got maybe exactly the same business or exactly the same type of business, uh, 40 followers, one or two posts, not particularly well curated and such, you think, well, your brain's thinking, I'm going to protect myself. This isn't going to add any value. I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to look for somebody else that's going to help me and 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 serve me. So, I I do st I do genuinely still come back to um, the size of the audience and and ROI. And yes, there are other things that we could track and that we could look at. But so long as the audience continues to grow, and so long as the ROI from our actions continues to grow, and of course that for our clients as well. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in business. Um, those are those are still the key metrics. I've got to be honest. That's so insightful. Thank you so much, Jay, for sharing that. And 
I'm really glad that you talk about ROI because otherwise all that time spent on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn could have been spent on, like you said, paid advertising. And if people are constantly trying and doing the same thing over and over again and it's not working for them, then it's time to change. It's time to pivot. It's time to revamp the content or change up those hashtags or use a different method and technique. And I've heard recently that Instagram is no longer requiring its users to use all 30 hashtags. And in fact, using less hashtags is going to allow for a more targeted reach because it allows Instagram to know who the right people are to show that content to. Is that correct? It's a really interesting time. And I, I was I was actually just going to follow on from the, the ROI and the numbers that we were talking about. But it's a really interesting time at the moment with Instagram, Facebook, because as, as, as I'm sure that you know, but you know, people that are listening may well know as well, is that uh, earlier this year, with the updates to Apple iOS 14, what that basically means is real simple version, Apple and Facebook, two of the biggest companies in the world, have had a little bit of a falling out, a little bit of a disagreement. And what that now means is that Apple are reducing the amount of data from iPhones. They're reducing the amount of data that Facebook can track. Um, it's quite alarming the amount of data that Facebook can access from the way that we use our mobile phones, obviously our Apple iPhones and people that use Apple. Um, and what has happened recently with changes to um, Apple and their latest operating system is they have reduced the amount of visibility and the amount of uh, information that companies like Facebook can get on their users. So what that has what that has ultimately meant as an outcome is that for companies, business owners, entrepreneurs who are running adverts at the moment, say on Facebook and people running adverts on Instagram, they've seen a real shift in what were previously quite reliable results. And I'll, I'll be the first to say, you know, we 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 invest a lot in in uh, paid advertising. We've used uh, Instagram ads, Facebook ads for a long time. I don't personally do it myself. I have it. We use an agency um, that, are, that are fantastic uh, and get us great results. And but we have seen a dramatic shift in the results uh, over the past two months or so since this has been introduced to the point where we were almost over reliant on paid advertising. And so now Instagram, Facebook, exactly as you mentioned there with, with the hashtags and reducing the number of hashtags and such, they, are, they have to start looking at other ways that they can help business owners and entrepreneurs find the right people and connect with the right people. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if there were changes coming or already being made with say the number of hashtags and how uh, effectively you can get in front of your audience with hashtags. Um, but what what is apparent is that ultimately where problems come up, there will be a solution. There will be a workaround. There will be a, a way around that from an organic point of view, as in no paid advertising, building your audience, growing your following, connecting with the right people. Uh, on Instagram, you know, that's my responsibility to find the best workaround for people that we're working with. And we don't necessarily teach a lot about paid adverts because a lot of our audience, they, they're kind of not at the stage where they're running paid ads or maybe it's quite a, a, a basic level. So it still comes back to the organic strategies. And 
as the platform continues to evolve, as it adapts to things that Apple are putting in place or other companies are putting in place, then yes, there will be changes, no doubt, such as you mentioned with the hashtags and reducing the number of hashtags uh, or being more specific with the hashtags that you use that are going to become ever more important for us as business owners and us as entrepreneurs to get in front of our audience for sure. That's so significant. And that doesn't surprise me at all because, you know, data is worth so much. And uh, it really doesn't surprise me that the two giants have had a falling out. I heard recently as well that Instagram is now moving towards being more of a video friendly platform a little bit like YouTube in that even if you're not following a page, a video that's doing well on Instagram is going to start showing up on our newsfeed and Insta's going to start curating the newsfeed according to popularity and views, which makes such a significant change to the way we select media that we post on Instagram because, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago, it was just a video posting platform. I still remember the day I downloaded Instagram thinking it was just there to edit my photos and for me to put filters on my photography back then. And soon discovering that I was actually sharing to a public feed and then, you know, things like likes and followers came in and I was really exciting back then. But now, you know, so much has changed. And I think people are now leaning towards, you know, growing their personal brands, which is part of what the Conscious Branding Podcast is about. It's about helping people to build their personal brands. So, you know, I, I would love to see what the, you know, updates are in another five or six months time. And, you know, it'd be really cool to predict what's going on. Absolutely. And I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that, that you focus on um, predominantly working with personal brands. I know that, of course, there are exceptions, but predominantly working with personal brands. And um, it is, it, it's individuals who change the world. And, you know, the, 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 the thing that you're, the work that you're doing uh, is helping people raise the presence and the profile and the visibility of of their personal brand. It's funny because personal brands five years ago wasn't a phrase that we used, right? It wasn't really a phrase that we talked about. This idea of a personal brand now is suddenly very, very important. Um, but it is individuals that change the world. And quite often it, it's it's about helping them find the right platform, um, finding the, the right way to share and position their message so that it's relevant for their audience and it speaks to their audience. And I think when those two things are combined uh, and they're done really, really well, then it allows individuals to have a, an incredible impact using, you know, we, we've, we've had a, a um, we've talked about paid ads and we've, we've had a bit of a moan about changes with Facebook and Instagram and, and Apple and such, but at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're still able to connect with the pretty much the entire planet from this little device we carry around in our pocket or in our handbag um, for free you know there's there's no kind of real social media tax or anything yes paid advertising but we can you know we can get out and post pictures and share videos and such completely for free on these platforms which is which is remarkable um and you you alluded to to video um just a moment ago and other uh, updates obviously in the past 12 months uh instagram 
Reels has been one of the biggest updates um, taking over from uh, TikTok. TikTok is huge. Uh, Instagram saw the rise of TikTok and thought, well, we want some of that. So they introduced Reels, put it front and center in the middle of their platform. Um, and it was predicted. Um, I, I remember using a statistic probably about four or five years ago um, that that uh, I think 80 percent of everything we consumed online by 2020 would be video. And I've got no doubt that that is the case right now. Um, I think, we're, you know, we're there. We're at that stage. And as a medium video, you know, we, we Zoom has, has exploded over the past 18 months as well, um, obviously with, with, with COVID and lockdown. Um, but video ultimately is the most effective way, aside from being in person, but it's the most effective way to break down that fourth wall between you and your audience and being able to connect with them in an authentic way. Um, it's do, going live and doing video and such is something that terrifies a lot of people because they have that fear of judgment and what are people gonna think and am I good enough and does it look okay, do I look okay? And all these kinds of anxieties and fears that come out, what if I trip over my words, which, which I've, I mean, I fully understand and I think we all have to a degree. Um, but as a medium, if, if we can find ways and if, if people can find ways to use video effectively, it's such a powerful tool to very, very quickly build relationships, to share your perspective, your point of view, to be open to other people's perspective and point of view. And ultimately for people to get to know you a lot faster, a lot quicker than simply looking at a still image. Um, and it just, it just has that degree of authenticity where things can go wrong. Things might, you might trip over your words. You might say the wrong thing. You know the the. the I mean, we, we you know we, li we live in a world now where you know Zoom people are doing Zoom from home and such, and uh, you know the the kids are in the background and the dog comes in and the this workman you know and all this like just random just life right. It's just it's just life, um, and I think we're we're kind of all over it now. Like, you know, we get over the fact. Well, of course, you know they've got kids and dogs and noisy backgrounds and all this kind of stuff. It's just life, um, so. I, I almost think, or I hope that we're a little bit beyond that and that we can get to a place and that people can feel comfortable in a place where they're comfortable using video, they're comfortable speaking to their audience, they're comfortable sharing what they're, what's important to them because ultimately they know what they are about and they know how they can help and serve people. Um, and the more clarity we have on that, the more, um, the, the easier it becomes. And the only other thing I would add to that is I remember seeing a speaker about three years ago um, and I, I, I don't imagine it's his quote, but it, it may be. And he, he was the person that said it that I first remember hearing it from. And it was that your message has to be bigger than your fear. And so long as your message is bigger than your fear, so long as the thing that you want to share and help people with is bigger than the fear that you have, that's the thing that's going to drive you forward. And if it's not, then you know, actually, you know, maybe, maybe this message isn't quite the right one. And it's just about going back and honing that and refining that so you can get out there and you feel empowered to go and speak to people and help people. I'm so glad you finished on that note, Jake, because I'm a huge believer in using platforms like social media and the internet to spread a positive message or an important message to the wider community in a really 
fast way and a really powerful way. So thank you for leading towards that. I really look forward to seeing more videos on social media, seeing more people do things like Instagram Live because Instagram's giving people incentives. So it's really, really exciting. And I'm I'm looking forward to, like you say, people feeling comfortable being raw, vulnerable, real and themselves and not having to show up perfectly with, like you said, the cat in the right place and the dog not barking and just showing what life is and showcasing their behind the scenes because that's actually a big part of personal branding. It's about, you know, showing up and showing what real life is behind the scenes. So Jake, I have some rapid fire questions to end this podcast episode and I look forward to hearing your answers because these questions, I think it'll be very, very insightful. So Jake, rapid fire question number one, who is it that inspires you the most or who inspired you to do what you do today? Where I am right now, the person that inspired me was, um, is my mentor at this stage. And his name is Paul Omani. Uh, I, I was a teacher for eight years. And at the time when my friends were settling down, they were having families, buying property, you know, they were getting dogs and all this kind of stuff. That was when I left and moved to Australia and traveled and worked and ultimately got to the stage where I met him on a beach in Fiji. He was doing all the things I loved. He was traveling, he was teaching, he was speaking. And the fact that he was being paid to be there in this stunning resort whilst I was spending the last of my money before potentially going back to the UK and teaching again, I just thought, I have to do this. And so that inspired me in in the sense of what I saw. And ultimately, what I saw him doing just made me think it is possible. And I think with so many things, if we don't believe that they're possible, if we don't see them or if we can't see them or that we're not, they're not even in our awareness, then we don't even know that it's a possibility. My, you know, both of my parents were teachers. Five out of my six aunties and uncles were teachers. I was pretty much destined to be a teacher. And I thought that that was how it was going to go. And so I'm extremely grateful for the fact that I met him. But I also am grateful for the fact that from family but equally for myself, I got that push to do something that nobody else was doing at the time at my age, which was go away and live abroad and, you know, just do something totally different. And the only other thing that I would say that inspires me is I know through family, both my grandparents were never particularly financially wealthy. They didn't have a lot of money. They had a lot of children and such. And so I always look at opportunities now and I almost see it as being my duty in a way and I know it sounds a little bit cheesy but I see it as my duty to to if I get the opportunity to travel somewhere to speak somewhere to go to an event to to help people to work with people I genuinely see it as a bit of a duty to do it because I've got opportunities now that my parents and grandparents didn't have I think we as a generation do but I've got so many more opportunities than they had at the time and so it's my responsibility to go and do that because they've set me up in the position where I can go and do that and so I, I genuinely feel that I, I need to go and do those things to fulfill more of my life, but also as a thank you to them as well. That's very inspiring. And that actually reminds me one of the reasons why I chose to travel and uh, and leave behind my career as a radiographer back then. Uh, so I feel like our stories are very similar in that regard. If there was one thing you cannot live a day without, what would it be? <laughs> Uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a few things. Um, I, in, in one hand, in one way, I guess it would be my laptop. It's a bit of a boring answer. Um, but it does provide me the means that I can work from anywhere. 
and I'm, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say that my, my laptop, just again because coming back to when I started five years ago, the thought, just the idea that you didn't have to go to a place of work and that you weren't going in, you had to be there at nine, you were tied to a location, you were tied to doing these certain things. It was just normal. I, I just thought that that's how life was. And so to now be in a position where, yes, yeah, sometimes it feels like I'm a little bit too tied to my laptop and things, but this provides me the freedom where I literally can work from anywhere in a position where I, you know, I, I don't have to be tied to a specific location. And to be fair, over the past 18 months, I think a lot of people have seen that because they've been working from home. They've had to work from home. We've had to adapt to move online. And I just hope that it's something that stays with people and in increases that amount of freedom and flexibility that people feel that they have. There does need to be a degree of setting boundaries. And when do I start work? When do I stop work? When do I close the laptop, turn it off, put it in the drawer and make sure that I'm not being distracted. And I think a degree of um, self-control comes in with that as well. And I think people will find that increasingly if they have been working from home more and such. But yeah, if there was one thing right now that I couldn't live without, then it would be a bit of a boring answer, but it would be my laptop because this allows me to build a business and work with our clients. Oh, it's a very honest answer. And I think there would be many people that would say the same. I can definitely say I even take it with me traveling because things like iPads can't do what the laptop can. And That's very true. Yeah, very yeah. true. So where do you see yourself or your business or brand in the next five years? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think I've, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, I really have. And I, I invest a lot in my own personal development. I join a lot of training programs. I had one last week. I'm doing another one at the weekend. I've thought about this long and hard. And to some ways, in some degrees, I'm not, I don't exactly know. But I genuinely feel that the more, the more that I can learn and the more value that I can add to myself, the more I will be able to help other people. And uh, I remember, in fact, just last week, I was watching a training from somebody called Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn was a huge... Uh, influence on Tony Robbins, uh, who many people will know today. And he he talks about the idea of you can get to the next level and get to the next level and get to the next level. And it all depends on you and the amount of personal development, the amount of personal growth that you have. And so for me, it's just, it, it's not intended as a selfish thing or being better than anybody else. If anything, I think the deeper that you go, the more you understand how interrelated everybody is. And so for me, I, the major thing I want to be able to do is just continue to add value to myself, to learn more about me and to learn more about society and the world and how we interact. And I hope that I'm able to continue to teach. I hope I'm able to continue to speak because they're the things that I really enjoy doing. And I just hope that through my learning that there are more and more people that I can help and impact and serve. Uh, and if I'm in a position to do that where I can keep adding value to me and therefore adding value to other people, I think that I would con consider that as being very successful. Amazing. I love that answer. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jake. That was beautiful. Last question. If you could leave the world with one message or if you could spread one message across social media and have it go viral, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um this this is this is probably not it's probably not the again the most inspiring when i started with my online business was also a time that i was in a relationship which uh, i've been in for a long time and as happened to be the case 
we were both basically on different paths. Uh, I continued with the online business. I was committed to it. And no matter what happened, I was going to be able to create this lifestyle that I wanted. And equally, she was committed to something that she really wanted to do and has you know, gone down that route and has been very successful. But what one of the things that stuck out in my mind, because I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing or you know, if, if we were making the right decision and if, if it was going to be successful, did people think I was being you know, stupid for, for leaving a reliable job and such and going into something totally different. There was one quote that I remember hearing, and it was actually on another podcast, somebody called Tim Ferriss, uh, very well-known podcast. And one of his guests, I can't remember who it was, but one of his guests shared something very similar, which was this idea, don't believe everything you think. And as soon as you realize that, you know, I, I thought I'd made a bad decision here, or I thought people would think I'm crazy, or I thought I'd, I thought I wasn't good enough, and all these kinds of things. And suddenly, this idea, don't believe everything you think. And I just thought, wow, that's, that's really powerful. And so my, I, I, I can't take any credit for it, but it's something that stuck with me right back from the days when I had a lot of self-doubt about whether it was the right thing to do. It was totally, you know, lots of new learning and things. Could I do it? Was it going to be okay? What was the outcome? Was I making a mistake? Was I isolating myself? And all these kinds of fears that I think natural, naturally people have. Um, but this quote has stayed with me ever since. And I think it will stay with me probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. Don't believe everything you think. Wow. That's, that's actually something that I haven't heard before. And it's very true. You know, they say the mind sometimes is just a whole bunch of clutter and thoughts, you know, just let them, let them be like waves and, and to just come and then pass. So, uh, you know, what you've just said just really reminds me of that and uh, to be more mindful or trusting your instinct or something of the like. So thank you so much for sharing, Jake. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. It has been such an honor to have you on the show. I, I'm so excited to share this with my audience. They are going to be delighted to have you back. And I'm also very looking forward to when we run another webinar together as well and a live workshop, which will be lots of fun. It always has been. Jake, for those that want to connect with you on social media, obviously you've got Instagram, but what are the best ways for people to reach out and connect with you and find out more about your online programs program your you know your rocket system and ways which can help them to grow and thrive and shine on social media uh yeah the the easiest easiest place is find me on instagram at jake adam davy d-a-v-e-y uh is is the easiest place you know i'm active on there come and find me on instagram jake adam davy i would love to connect and, and meet more like-minded people um, learn about them and and uh, hopefully share a bit of what we do as well uh, but yeah just always looking to connect with new people so come find me on instagram at jake adam davy awesome and i will pop a link to that in the show notes alongside your linkedin and facebook as well for those that may or may not have instagram just in case Jake, again, thank you so much. Such a pleasure having you on. I'm really looking forward to that webinar we have coming up. I can't wait to share this with my audience. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. I'm really grateful for this chat that we've had today. Thanks so much. Uh, and uh, once again, I would say congratulations for not just, well, for the fact that you're launching the podcast, it's another medium for you to connect with a bigger audience 
share your you know your message helping people which is ultimately what you're all about uh anybody that's in your community will be getting so much value and so much support um furthering their own business their own brand their own product and service so yeah i'm delighted for you keep doing what you're doing because it's having a massive impact huge congratulations and i'm excited to see where this goes and continues to develop the podcast as well so thank you so much for having me on i'm genuinely grateful thank you Thanks, Jake. Thank you so much for those lovely words. And uh, and also for anyone that wants to check out Jake's show as well, Jake has an awesome podcast. I think, Jake, you've just celebrated your 100th episode and I will pop that in the show notes as well. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Conscious Business Podcast. I look forward to sharing with you more inspirational stories, guest speakers, and interviewing entrepreneurs who are making a difference in this world. And if you want to find out anything else about our guest speakers, make sure that you check out the show notes. And I look forward to sharing more about what's to come next, including a guest speaker who is revolutionizing the way conscious business leaders have meetings for good. So stay tuned and remember to stay on purpose and thrive and shine online.